Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Tour de France Stage 4 recap from Dunkirk to Calais the first day after the transition day back from Denmark. We're now in France for the Le Tour de France proper. Uh, no Benji Narsen today. He tried our best. But we tried our best. He's uh, on Vive Le Velo tonight, which I understand is the Belgian version of the BBC News or Q&A in Australia, um, their most popular show during the Tour de France. He's a guest on their panel. So he was in the race today at the start. We tried to call in, but 4G connection in northeast France just ain't it apparently, which is a shame because there's a lot of talking points from today's stage. He'll be back with us tomorrow. It's 172Ks. We've had a pretty sleepy start through the Tour de France so far, but this has got some hills. It's exposed. If you, like me, were taken on many a school trip from London down to Calais and then on the, the Eurostar or whatever or flying over, you'll be familiar with Calais. It's where the Channel Tunnel, I think, starts, and you can see the limestone cliffs and it's very exposed to the wind. And so they start in Dunkirk, which is on the Belgian border, goes south with a bit of a think cross tail. They then head uh, due, uh, they snake their way west again with a bit of cross tail, and then they start to head north. That's with headwind through the majority of the climbs. Punchy climbs, 1.4K, 6% all day. Then they take a right at 25Ks to go, and this is where everyone would have been looking at the forecast saying, what's the wind direction? Because if it's cross tail when they turn right there, it's going to be absolutely pinned. Not too many small towns. Like, yes, there were a couple, but it's I've seen worse in Paranese. And then they had the Côte du Cap, Blanc-Nez, very exposed, 1K, 7.2%, which came after a short little climb. So they enter it hot. If you're in bad position before the first of the two climbs, you're done. So we were all thinking a Yumbo Visma going to do a repeat of Paranese stage one where they lit it up. They have a similar team, but no Dennis, no Turnison. Before we get into what happened in the stage, exactly, I mentioned our show partner, Zwift. For me, Zwift has been perfect during the Tour de France able to ride in France on Zwift for starters, but to be able to keep on top of my fitness goals where someone has to do it, and that's me watching the Tour de France for four hours, five hours every day. That is the burden I will bear for you, and Benji and I do that. Benji literally going to the Tour today. Uh, But, yeah, we do that, but Zwift helps me while I'm watching the race while not too much is happening stay entertained and stay doing good time and good hours on the bike you can sign up to swift through the link down below at swift.com for your free seven day trial so once again i've been saying it for ages well not ages for about two days no why no one got in the break why no cofidus cofidus did send anthony perez perez rather well, i don't know why i was french into the breakaway he like he tried to go for poker last year with Edith Schelling in the opening stages in Brittany, but it's a bit late to try that now. Now it's just combativity on offer, and it is free because Court, he went in the break, obviously, to snaffle up the oh, one, two, three, four, five KOM points, 
and but he's not going to contest combativity if you as long as you let him take the KOM points he'll give you combativity that's what he did again today he peeled off with 40 k's there's a bit of a battle between the teams a silent battle you might not have seen for who's going to chase Quickstep not interested at all did not pace at all today for Jakobsen and co Alperson Phoenix how is like this is a vulnerable stage but also Jasper Philipson can win this stage what are they going to do? Bike Exchange in the Dauphiné paced every day on stages harder than this to keep the brake tight so there wasn't a mad rush and so they can nurse Groenewegen over the climbs. Lotus Sudal haven't won yet. So all these teams, Total for Sagan, dropping the pure sprinters. Uh, Jumpo Visma, who have Wout, who's come second in both bunch sprints and is wearing the yellow jersey, and they haven't pulled the brake. Like, so there was all this battle. The gap went to seven minutes. Eventually, the other teams relented. Yumbo called their bluff, and it meant too much to them. They, Appleson started pacing, and the gap went down to a minute 50. And when they turned right, there wasn't, like, it didn't blow up. We saw Mikkel Bjerg. He looks, I think he had COVID. Did he pull out of a race with COVID? Not looking good. He finished seven minutes down today, the last rider. He he couldn't help Pagatra at all. Steka Langen couldn't help him. He, she was at the pack the whole time. Tergis didn't look good. So I don't know what's on with them, wrong with them. Well, I sort of know what's wrong with Bjerg. Uh, with a poor preparation. He, she got told just about the night before the race that he was doing the race. Um, but it, it wasn't exploding. We saw, similarly to Paranese Stage 1, actually, DSM getting to the front. You'll remember that it was Degenkolb who lost the wheel of the Yumbo Trio on that climb because DSM entered in good position. Ineos, DSM, oh, sorry, Ineos, Bike Exchange, DSM, Lotto, Yumbo. They're the five trains strung across. We get to the first climb. No one fully pins it. Now, they're hitting it pretty hard, but they're not trying to create splits. Jumbo Visma, as I said, don't have a Turnison or a Dennis here, so they have to really do this with just Benoit and Nathan van Hoydonk if they want to create something on that last climb so they don't go full gas loop roll and the quick descent was the best, got Ineos in good position. Jumbo were a little bit late to it, Nathan van Hoydonk, into the base of the last climb, but they did get there and they just repeated Paranese Stage 1. Absolutely torched on the climb. First Nathan van Hoydonk, then Benoit. Then I think it was Wout van Aert who just went and there were splits. Pagacha entered in terrible position because he has no team which is but does it matter if you have no team if you don't lose any time i would say it does not matter um it's more important that you didn't lose time ineos entered in good position thomas was looking good martinez was slipping Jonas was there and adam yates was second wheel all of a sudden on wout's wheel with Jonas on his wheel with splits everywhere roglic entering in bad position two was behind he tried to close to those guys but couldn't and eventually we get to the top it's strung out. There's no motorbike, obviously, in the middle of the group. There's no helicopter shots really showing anything either. And it's Wout van Aert going solo. He kicks. Yates can't hold his wheel. He looks back and he leaves Jonas and Yates. And that's, I think, the big secondary talking point of this stage. He's got this 10K run to the finish with a short descent on it, cross tail, thankfully for him, for a solo SKP. But should he have waited for Jonas on the top. The gap was two seconds. And I think the gap from Jonas to Pagacha was the best part of seven to nine seconds over the top of that climb. Marco Solo 
chaos in the back. Adam Yates is trying to catch him. Jonas is sitting on him. I think that was a mistake at one point. He should have pulled over to Wout when he could at the on the top of the climb when it was close, but then it was too late. They get subsumed by the chase group behind. Those guys are both about 58 kilos dripping wet on this fast run-in. And suddenly it's a big group with six Ks to go chasing Lafanard, who's got a gap of 26 seconds. He's able to hold it because, as I've said before, Pedersen has Kish, who had to help position from 25 Ks to go, so he can't help. He's got, he was gone ages ago. Sturvens his lead-out man, and they've brought no Darnul, no rulers. Like, Trek actually don't have a good posi- uh, team for positioning uh, Mads Pedersen, whereas MVDP I couldn't see anywhere. He got dropped on the climb, and it's Alperson pretty much just chasing for Jasper Philipson. Eventually, Ineos pulled a little bit with Dylan Van Baal. I was like, okay, that's a bit odd. I think they were just – and then he stopped pretty quickly. G, you could see on the radio at the same time when he started pulling, and then he stopped immediately, so G was probably saying, knock it off, no point. And, yeah, eventually the gap starts tumbling down. Wout's cadence is looking a bit ragged, but he's able to make it to the finish with Yumbo blocking things up. Quickstep had paced a bit with Seneschal and Catania for Jakobsen, who had made it into the group. Groenewegen was dropped, but they weren't able to catch Wout van Aert, who does the Red Bull celebration. I want to market here. On, I'm sure we're going to see on Twitter the true price of or the true value of Wout van Aert's uh, Red Bull wing celebration as he finally wins a stage. He's gone second, 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 first. Incredible win. Not the Paranese repeat. Um, he didn't bring with him Roglic or Jonas, a GC contender, but he wins a stage ahead of Philipson, who celebrates over the line thinking he'd won. I don't know how because his team was pulling so hard. Like, I don't know how he didn't realize. You can see, wow, I mean, he's in a bright yellow banana skin suit. He stands out from the moon in front of him. Laporte comes third, which takes more. This is a 50-point green jersey stage, so it goes 50, 30, 20, and then drops off, I think, to 18. So he takes about four or six points away from Peter Sagan. But Christoph came fourth, Sagan fifth, Mozzato sixth, BNB. He's actually been good this season. Van Poppel, 7th, Hofstede, 8th, Matthews, ninth. Obviously, got his chance today. Benjamin Tomar, 10th, Pedersen on 12th. And maybe knew Wout won, so didn't contest. I don't know. But Wout then goes into the green jersey lead, 170 points to Jakobsen's 109. Sagan on 80. The intermediate sprint, I forgot to say, Jakobsen came, he won, quote-unquote, won. Corden Perez obviously took maximum, but Jakobsen won the sprint behind uh, Wout second, and then I think Merku took points away from Sagan, who lost a few more to Wout there. The big talking point of the day, though, as I said, should Wout have waited for Jonas? And this is the difficulty in balancing GC with the ambitions of your Belgian big superstar. I know you're a Dutch team, but your Dutch-speaking superstar, Wout van Aert, and that's the difficulty. If he's if he's Dylan Van Baal, if he's Michal Kwiatkowski, he's Kwiatkowski 2015 Sky, even if he, yeah, he joined Sky then, right? From Quickstep. If he's him, ephemeral, incredible superstar, does he wait for Grant Thomas or Chris Froome 2016 with a little gap like that over the top? I think he does. I think he does wait. And that's the difference. Now, the question is, did that actually make a difference? Well, one by eight seconds, 
And you have to remember, you can't just be like, well, he won by eight seconds plus 10 bonus. Therefore, Jonas lost 18 seconds today. Jonas would have taken 20 seconds back on Pagacha. As a reminder, uh, Jonas is eight seconds behind Pagacha on GC now. Roglic is nine seconds back. But you have to realize it's not that's the same scenario wouldn't have played out that way. If Jonas and Yates go up the road, I don't think Ineos chase. I don't think you can chase. You have your rider up the road with Yumbo's secondary GC guy, you know, quote unquote secondary GC guy with no Pagacha, no other multiple guys. I don't think Ineos chase. You, it's not worth it. Bahrain will chase with Fred Wright. Oliver Narsen will chase for Azure Desert Citroën. Vlasov will get Groschartner, and I'm looking through Danny Van Poppel and others to chase. McNulty will chase for Pagacha. Like, there are multiple teams with rulers in this group. Jorgensen will chase for Mars, for Movistar. Like, there's so many teams that would have then chased and chased. And again, Watt has to wait at the top of the climb. So I'm just even if you assume he waits efficiently and doesn't have to wait too long, I don't know. And then you have to say, okay, well, Jonas and maybe Yates help him on the flat. So that's the difference. I agree, but I'm not sure. We'll never know, but I'm not sure you can guarantee that the gap would be the same. Like Stefan Kung, who knows? He doesn't pull hard for for Gadu in the group. Like there's so many GC motivated teams here that would not be happy with Yates and Jonas going up the road. We saw it with Carapaz last year on stage seven when he attacked and went with Dylan Van Baal and Movistar just weren't having it. And so, yeah, it's it's not going to change the tour today. But of course, if Jonas loses the tour by seven seconds after stage 20, this is the stage everyone will point to to say that he could have gained time here. Now, the other discussion point, of course, is Roglic being dropped on the climb. And, I mean, he was ahead of Pagacha. And as I, I've self-appointed myself as the Roglic apologist, so I have to do the defense of Roglic today. Obviously, it didn't look good um, with the onus going clear with Yates ahead of him. I would say, just like on the Chipressa into Milano San Remo, uh, Roglic is not that good at being in position in a fast run-in and a turn into a climb. I would say that's um, not his thing. And we saw that again today. He entered in bad position, just like on Chipres or on Chipera. So he probably had to do like 0.3, 0.4 watts per kilo more than Damar, who also got over the Chipres in San Remo because he entered in such terrible position. And today he entered in meh position, had to move up and then blew up kind of like what he also did Another San Remo reference on the Poggio. So I don't think his legs are like, I don't think his legs are shot, but his positioning has not been great. Will that matter as you turn into Alpe de Wes or Grenon? Not as much. Um, your position compared to on a punchy climb like this. But one thing is for sure Jonas is, and we said this before the tour uphill, Jonas is equally as strong. Like in the long 40k TT, who knows what happens. But Jonas Punchy, he was so, so good today. And I wonder whether if he'd attacked off Yates early instead of sitting on him, he actually could have bridged to wout himself on the climb. We'll never know. But yeah, Roglic, I guess I also do wonder when they're slipping back and they're on the limit, they see Jonas up the road with wout. The gap has opened up in front of them and you have Thomas and Danny Martinez on your wheel or either of them, you think, fuck it, you close it. And once you lose that real hunger to close the gap, then, yeah, you 
if you see a tactical out, you're going to take that. For Ineos, I would say hugely positive as well today, hugely positive. You have Luke Rowe just at his absolute best, keeping him in position, doing the job of two, three riders from 25Ks to go, just unreal performance again from him into the base of the last climb, first rider into the base of the last climb, just unbelievable performance. Like UAE, UAE would pay over a million for a rider that could do that for Pogaccio and they've paid over a million for riders that cannot do that for Pogaccio. Like it's actually difficult to spend the amount of money I think they do on a team and bring a team this underwhelming outside of Pogaccio to the tour. I know some are sick, but that goes to the depth of the team. But yeah, Roe was good. Yates looks, of course, Yates looks good. Like Adam Yates, didn't he win? Uh, I'll take yellow early in the Tour de France recently when he wasn't in the GC battle, maybe 2019 on punchy stages. First week, he's top, top rider. We'll see in week three, but he's looking very, very good. Thomas is looking unreal. He was best of, I would say, like, better than Roglic, uh, better than Pogacar, I would say. Maybe Roglic not on the Watts basis, but he was ahead of Pogacar and Vlasov on the climb. And Mars was really, really struggling on the climb. So Thomas' podium is alive. He needs one of the big three to fall out. And he looks the best of the rest, frankly. We'll see in the high mountains, but he's got that huge TT where he won't have the earpiece in or a gilet on. And he's going to take big time on everybody. So, yeah, it's the tour wasn't no huge gaps today. In fact, no gaps today at all on GC, but a real sorting out on this punchy climb. Of course, we can overreact to it. How, how you go on a 1K, two-and-a-half-minute uphill punch in Calais on stage four, the bearing that has on your ability to do 35-minute Wapakilo performance in stage 18 on Altacam in about best part of two and a half weeks. I don't know. I'm not sure how related they are, but we had some insight. And before tomorrow's, oh, by the way, I should say, have I waxed up or not? Have I said enough good things about WoW? Like crazy, crazy first week. And I think now that that's out of the way, it's important that um, the question marks we had today about balancing GC we now tip that he's got the stage he's got yellow for quite a while he's got a handy leading green tomorrow the cobbled stage from Lille metropole to aremberg we have 11 cobbled sectors it's no paru bay 154 k's it's 100 k's less 20 cobbled sectors less do that i'm not sure if they really have any five star sectors either they have a downhill cobbled sector, stage two. Watch out. There might be mechanicals there with 54Ks to go, 55 to go. But I think tomorrow, wow, it needs to be on GC duties. If you really, really want to win yellow, you have to put him on GC duties. And I think that's an easier conversation to have with yellow, with green looking in a very, very good place, with a stage win in the back pocket. And so, yeah, my reading on tomorrow will be nervousness, wanting to be in front for all the teams. Watch out for Luke Rowe again. Tomorrow, Stecker Langen and Bjerg cannot do that for Pagatcha consistently. There's no Trenton. He unfortunately got COVID. He was, would have been invaluable for this stage. Their best rider in Roubaix, I think, recently, UAE. So tomorrow is going to be, it could be underwhelming. The wind hasn't come to the party, to borrow a Kirbyism. Um, 
in this Tour de France so far. I, I'm going with Jasper Philipson for tomorrow's stage. He celebrated for second. He'll be very embarrassed after that today. His legs are looking very, very good. He made it over that climb, no problem. His team just couldn't bring back Wout. That's fine. He also didn't enter the climb in good position, nor did MVDP. MVDP looks a bit less, I think. Now, maybe he's saving for tomorrow's stage, but, I mean, people would be assuming he would attack on today's stage on that sort of climb with Wout. It's weird almost seeing Wout go solo without MVDP in his shadow. So I would go all in on Philipson tomorrow if they could. If it's a bunch sprint, reduced bunch, bunch sprint, I think Philipson is faster than Pedersen. He's faster than Wout. He just needs an open you know, open sprint, and I don't think Groenewegen and Jakobsen should be able to make it if Alperson do their job. They've brought, if I look at their team, the team they brought, like Van Kiersbroek, he's actually really, really good in Roubaix, Dillier, Edward Plankart, Spiragli, Krieger, Gurgel, Van der Poel, they should really be targeting tomorrow's stage and going for the win for Philipson. And so I, I like him. And I think Trek have really underbalanced their team for the first week for Pedersen, who just extended until 2025. I'll repeat it again. I, I really think like Chicone, Gallopin, Molomashkern, Simmons uh, and do not have the firepower. Um, Sturvin and Kirsch are the only rulers, really. Simmons is, is okay, but yeah. So tricky day tomorrow. Do I expect huge GC gaps? Not really. Do I expect someone to have a mechanical and to lose 30 seconds? Unfortunately, I do. Um, that's the sort of the way these things go. In 2014, this was the big cobbled stage, stage five, uh, from Yves to Arenberg, Port Dino, and it's when Nibali and Fulsang went clear on Astana and took, I think, um, over a minute or about a minute on maybe even more on the other GC riders. So, like... It was a yeah big day on GC then. Whether Yumbo Vism were able to replicate that tomorrow, I'm not sure. Pagacha will certainly – it's a day to put him under pressure. If I was, I would ask the question. Like you have to ask the question after what you saw today with his positioning. Uh, but that's all from me. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to go on for actually a second Zwift, which I'm not sure if that's legal. Like I'm not sure if Zwift even allow me to say that. I'm going to have a second Zwift session today. Um just because it's crazy, uh, not torrential, crazy like hurricane wind outside, and I get really scared. So Zwift it is to keep on top of my very ambitious goals. Hope you enjoyed it. I missed Benji, as always. Make sure if you speak Dutch or maybe if you're English or German and you've had three or four drinks and you can get close enough, watch Viva La Velo tonight uh, and see what he has to say. See if he has any spicy things that roll up the Flemish crowd. He's been bigging it up, so he better deliver. That's all from me. Till tomorrow. Ciao. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.